0: What's up everybody? Welcome back to the All Day ABA podcast. My name is Kayla and I'm your host and today we have a super duper extra special guest with us, Benjamin Model, who also happens to be my husband. This is season one, episode seven, and you can find the show notes for this episode at alldayaba.org and... You can find them there. So, what's up, Ben? Not much. We have a little bit of an interesting setup if you're watching on YouTube because technology is not our friend, and that's okay. But in today's episode, we are going to talk, we're going to try to combine behavior analysis and the fitness world. And we've never super tried that before. So, this will be interesting because we come from two very different academic backgrounds I would say would you agree I would okay so um let's talk about well you have like not an 800 pound deadlift but almost an 800 pound deadlift (laughs) so let's talk about how you got to where you are now
1: (laughs) dumb luck
0: oh my goodness this is gonna be a fun podcast episode so you started lifting weights when you were what like oh, 13
1: like a life story
0: oh kind
1: of yeah oh gosh okay so life story um fuck where do we start <laughs> <laughs> not- do we not swear on this podcast i mean you can. like who watches it is it's just like for adults and stuff or I- is it for children
0: i, I could mark this episode as explicit i think
1: oh well, it's explicit now <laughs> um so yeah I started lifting weights and got into that whole thing basically when I woke up one day at 13 and rolled out of bed and started doing push-ups and sit-ups and basically breathed it and then we had like a little I don't know 12 foot by 20 foot section of a barn laid out and then I would work do just like bench press and basic power lifting motions and that would be for like I don't know, a few hours a day and then it turned into eight hours a day and then it turned into all day every day through like high school into early parts of college. And then I went to college and basically did the same thing, lived in a gym more than I did academics.
0: And so you primarily do not work with people that have the type of lifting schedule that you had. So how can a person kind of build up from knowing absolutely nothing about exercise to having a lot more expertise and um being more of like a fitness person
1: so your question is how does someone go to zero basically from knowing nothing to having some basic competence in something yes um you go out and do it (laughs) you just got to go to the gym Go pick up a dumbbell, go hang around people who know more than you, not necessarily YouTube, because that's great advice, but without context, there's a lot of great material, there's a lot of great um, videos and resources out there, but it's all just kind of like shot at you like a shotgun, it's not actually out there like... um, Within context of your skills and expertise, so let's say you watch a video on squat. Squatting's great. Go out and try to go squat. Just start with the bar. Start with whatever you can do. Just try bodyweight squat. Like start start at your level, build up from there, um, and then just go hang around a bunch of people that are better than you because they're going to teach you how to do it right. But not all at once. You're not going to hang out with some dude who's like squatting eight hundred pounds, and then him be like, "Oh, I expect you to squat eight hundred pounds." He's going to know pretty well just from like life lessons of the gym that you're going to start where's appropriate.
0: That makes sense. Um, for those that are in ABA who are listening, it's kind of like shaping. So you start with an end goal in mind, and then you just slowly build up to that with, uh, successive approximations of a target behavior.
1: Can I be explicit again? Go ahead. Like, you know, you just go out and fucking do it.
0: <laughs> but then again, for some people, it's not just that easy, right? Because you have, so I'm, I'm going to discuss, you know, the three-term contingency, which is actually more like a four-term contingency, but we're, we're starting with the three-term contingency. So you have antecedents, which are events and stimuli that come immediately before a behavior. You have a behavior, which is what you do. And then you have a consequence, which is events and stimuli that happen immediately after behavior. So let's talk about some things that people can kind of do before they exercise to maybe help them get ready to exercise. So we would call those antecedent interventions. Um, so like, for example, maybe laying out your gym clothes the night before a workout, In order to be better prepared to go do the workout so what are some things that you think that people can do to initiate a behavior essentially
1: okay um so typically so just to clarify you're wanting to know how do you take someone who's like of a more normal mindset who doesn't necessarily like going to the gym or exercising how to get them better set into a mindset on how to like want to go exercise.
0: Yeah. Like I, I think we should let's, let's assume that a lot of people that are listening want to exercise, but really truly don't know where to start. Or if they have some idea of what they want to do, they don't quite know how to like get themselves into the gym. Partly someone that's kind of like me. Because I think that's true for a lot of people.
1: Okay. So I would say this is where the, the, uh, the field or job of personal training comes in and you need to go hire someone who literally just does all that stuff for you. And is like, Hey, get your ass here by eight. Um, I'm going to train you. Don't worry about the training. Don't worry about clothes. Don't worry about people. You're just going to come work out with me. I'm going to tell you what to do. Like, basically to the T right like you don't have to think about anything you just show up there and you do it but if you're asking more like if there's like some sort of like ritualistic component to getting ready for the gym the next day it's like I mean I guess that can be I mean I guess I do that even to it to an extent where it's like you know you got to prep your meals you got to like do a little bit of like rehabilitation work or mobility work the night before because like I get up at really really early in the morning to to exercise and do stuff. Um, but that's more of a physiological thing, not necessarily a mentality thing. Cause mental wise, it's like, I'm there all the time. Like I don't turn off. So, I mean, I don't, this is stuff I really don't think, think about cause I just don't deal with this a whole lot. Like,
0: well, and you're not an average person in that respect. So I'm thinking of some other like antecedent interventions, like, hiring a personal trainer could be one because that takes out a huge component of maybe uncertainty and maybe anxiety and things of that nature. Because, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, it's nice to have someone that does know what they're doing. (laughs) Um, but well, so other ones that I can think of off the top of my head, um, would be like an accountability partner. So like scheduling someone to go to the gym with you, not necessarily a personal trainer, but maybe just even like, a family friend or a coworker, maybe um, having someone that can either like pick you up or meet you at the gym and hold you accountable for actually showing up. Because at least for me, sometimes I have found that if I'm just doing it myself, then <laughs> I might not do it at all. <laughs> but if you have somebody to do it with you, then you might be more likely to go. So what was the one that you were thinking of?
1: Um, I'll touch on what you said and then I'll go on to what I was thinking, if I can remember what it was by the time I'm done with my rant. Um, so like accountability and partners and and like other people that works well to a point, but if you're someone who doesn't really want to go to the gym and you're partnered up with another person who doesn't really want to go to the gym and your dependence depends on that person wanting to go and vice versa, that's just not going to work well. That'll work well for maybe a week, but like long-term, I don't see that being like consistent. You don't need someone who's like, I mean, Id- ideally, if that's your situation, then do it because like trying is better than not trying. But um, if you're like, you need, you need someone who's going to be there no matter what, and it's not so much an accountability partner where, hey, we're in this together sort of thing. It's You need someone for you, if you have a hard time going to the gym, to be like, no, get your ass here by eight. We're training. Like, that's it there there is no there's no leeway there's no nothing now there's emergencies that come up things like like your kids sick or you know now you have covid's a new one or like you know your car broke down like real things you can't control but if it's just you being like lazy and being like no I think I want to sleep in because my bed's comfortable or like you know something like that like no you need you need an accountability if you're paying like money or there's some like consequence of like something not or not going right or, or that's not right but like there's some consequence to you missing out if you don't go and money's like a big one because it's like these things aren't cheap but
0: well that actually gets into like consequence interventions but for now we're just sticking to like things like before you even exercise so I'm trying to think of some other ones I've I've heard some good ones before oh there is I forget the name of the actual app but there is an app where you have to like do something to turn off the alarm. Um, so yeah. So like, for example, I, (laughs) well, I know someone who, I think it was like a QR code. You could like, you could set it so that you have to like scan a QR code before it'll shut off. So she set the QR code to be like her deodorant, I think that was like up on her dresser so that, She actually had to like physically get up and go to her deodorant and and scan it in order for her like alarm to shut off. So that's one idea. Also, none of this is actual exercise, health, or fitness or nutritional advice. This is just purely us kick, you know, being a husband and wife and having a little chat about exercise and behavior. Here you go.
1: So I'm actually qualified to give that advice because I'm actually an exercise physiologist and have all my master's degrees and doctorates and shit and whatever.
0: You do not have a doctorate. Do not say that. Oh, my. Well, like I'll, I
1: have all like the credentials I need to like actually make those advices.
0: Okay. Yes. But like this podcast is not going to be held responsible for anything that people do as a result of listening to it. Oh my gosh. Why did I bring you on? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you. That's why. Oh, yeah.
1: So anyway, going back to your, your original. Or maybe earlier topic of like, what can people do to help them get ready or prepare for a gym? Was that basically right? Oh, okay. So like another one that you can do is it goes into something like we would call programming where it gets, it's not rocket science, but it could kind of become rocket science if you let it. Um, the idea is to keep it really simple, but basically write out what you're going to do the day before or maybe two days before. Basically, sometime you're going to be feeling really good about the gym when you're feeling really good about the gym, go write your goals down of like what you want to do this week or this day or however long, and then hold yourself accountable to that. Like you go and do that. Like if it's Wednesday and you're like, I mean, there's 24 hours on Wednesday and you're like, okay, I want to do, I don't know, 60 sit-ups at some point, like go do 60 sit-ups, Like hold yourself accountable, go check that off your box or however you, you need to frame it. Um, and that's another one that would help.
0: So a lot of ABA professionals use what we call a task analysis, which I love. Those are like my favorite things in the entire world. And that's really helped me having little boxes to check off. Like even before I do the exercise, that helps me know like what I'm doing, when I'm going to be doing it, and when it's going to be done. And I find that really motivating having boxes to check off. Um, so let's see. So let's talk about, let's talk about some health behaviors that people could Think about doing if they wanted to get into health and fitness more so. So, like, what were so obviously you did a lot of exercise and spent a lot of time in the gym. Not a lot of average people can do that because you had a homeschooling background and that kind of allowed you more freedom to have that time. And I don't think a lot of people working nine to fives necessarily have that time. So, what are some smaller, non eight hour Workout behaviors people could engage in in order to get themselves to a better place, health wise, fitness wise, things of that nature.
1: Yeah, all right. So, for the record, I did have a nine to five and still worked out like that. So, yeah, screw you. Um, and I'm way busier now than I was when I had a nine to five and I still make it happen. Um, so, but in terms of that little time crunch, so that's what you're asking is basically time crunch. Plink, blink, blink,
0: blink, blink. No, what what I'm saying is, wh- like, what are, like, let's, let's break it down to simple, small behaviors people could do to get themselves healthier. Like, if, if they were starting from zero.
1: Gosh. um, Is get off the couch a good start? Stop binging TV, things like that. Is that good starts? Like, is that, is that in the realm of what you're asking or? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, just go be more physically active, like literally put your phone down and go outside as one, Um, like just go for a walk. Walking is really good. I mean, when I was in college, we actually ran across some like research articles and stuff. And I was talking about, you know, walking is not a very viable means of exercise and in terms of intensity and stuff, like I would agree, but when it comes to there's, when it comes to like what works in research and what we have like evidently and what works in the real world, those are two very drastic and very different things. Um, I'd say for the average person, if that's where you start, if you need to go for a walk, like that's what most people can do. If you're someone who's like, um, I don't, I don't want to say like overly obese or anything, but just like you're definitely carrying on a very uncomfortable uncomfortable amount of weight, and maybe it's like you, you can get to a point where it's like the gym's not for you, like that's not for you right now. A lot of what you would work with is things like dietary habits um but that can be like very very hard and it's an incredibly hard behavior to change so a good place there would be walking it would just be like go outside um go take a walk go take like a 10 minute walk you I mean not saying you can walk all the time because if, if your weight is too heavy you can get stress stress fractures in your knee like it happens it happened to my dad um he would go out for he was trying to go out for like I don't know something crazy like three hours anywhere from 30 minutes to three hour walks is what he was doing but then he like completely trashed his knee from it because he was too heavy And he needed to scale back his body weight before engaging in such long bouts, but he was previously pretty trained in terms of like weightlifting. So for him, it was easy to do that three hours of walking, but he, his body at the time was not ready for it. So that's another thing you need to take into consideration is we're all pretty, it's like biologically, we're pretty mechanical. Um, So your, your tissues, they have stressors, like they have tensile strength to them. And when you're working them out, when they're very well-trained, it's like they can be very um, hard and, and like almost flexible at the same time. It's kind of weird, but that's tensile strength. And so it's like you've built them up to be enduring, but it's like if you're very inactive, it's like you're not built up to be enduring at all. You're, you're quite the opposite. You're not very um, resilient. So you got to start with very small doses. Think of exercising like dosages and just little bits very frequently. And that, that'll go a long way and pretty soon in, in about three weeks, you start to notice adaptations going on. Um, but then you'll notice you can handle a little bit more and you go to a little bit more and a little bit more. And that's, that's known as Wolf's Law of adaptation.
0: So I guess, would you say that like the frequency that a person does activity in the beginning is more important than the duration of activity?
1: um the right answer is it depends so it depends on the individual greatly so it's like but yeah it's, it's going to be a mixture of both of them um if you can go longer durations that's going to work better um if you can go frequent and long durations that's going to work best because when you're dealing with like weight loss if that's your main goal Um, caloric deficits are the way, like, that's the only way it happens. It's just a caloric deficit. Uh, you burn more than you take in and that's, can be obtained through caloric restriction or it can be obtained through like exercise. Um, ideally both of those two should be in place. One doesn't work great without the other. Um, exercise itself is not like, that's, that's like the one thing I would agree on with what I learned from college is like, it's really not that great of a tool for losing weight compared to caloric restriction. Like that will do it. Um, but it, I mean, it does help though. So it's like, why wouldn't you do it for that goal? Exercise is really just to give yourself more ability is to give yourself more like just, just strength, quality of motion, quality of movement. Cause it's like, if you've ever seen like Dragon Ball Z, that's, that's like how I got into it or anyone in the gym. If you talk to them about Dragon Ball Z, everyone in there got in there cause of Goku. So like every power lifter, every strongman you meet, you go talk to, you to start talking about Goku and they will know what you're talking about.
0: Not, not everyone will.
1: We'll say the Goku test holds 90% certainty. <laughs> like if they haven't, then they must have had like a broken heart or something like that.
0: Okay. So reeling it back in just a little bit. So some different behaviors that somebody could engage in to get healthier would be like doing what you can do, more activity, less What's, what's the word for sedent, being sedentary? What's like the noun for that? Sed, sedentation? Sedentary. Be, being sedentary, less less being sedentary, more.
1: There's a science word for
0: it. Let's see what else. Um, trying to increase frequency of activity and also increase duration, as is safe and doable. Um, what else? let's, we could talk about consequences of exercise and things like that. Um, so yeah, let's, let's talk about what happens after exercise. Um, what are some different like short-term benefits and benefits and even cons and what are some like long-term benefits and cons? Cause for the ABA professionals listening, essentially we are analyzing different you know, short-term and long-term reinforcement and punishment that might play into a person's exercise behaviors.
1: Okay. Um, So in terms of like, do you want like a chemical breakdown of like how this is going down? Or do you just want like, like what actually happens after exercise? Or do you just want to know like the very broad general term of how you feel as a person?
0: Um, let's go let's go with the more broad and general because I'm not sure that well may, you know, actually there are there are some fitness people in ABA and maybe they're listening. Uh hashtag behavior chef Clint, if you're listening, <laughs> give you a shout out because he's very much into powerlifting. Um but let's go more more generalized in terms of let's go more general.
1: Okay. Um so I'll just start with probably what's what most people perceive as the con and I mean I like I like this I don't really think it's a con I don't think there's really any cons to it it's just kind of like you know life and which which hard would you rather choose. Um, so for most people I would say the con is just it's uncomfortable it's it can be I wouldn't say painful, but it would be something that they perceive as pain. Um that would be like the next day. So let's say you go, you have your really hard workout, you you go and push yourself, you go through a certain intensity level that your body needs to grow. There is such a thing as like a threshold to intensity, or maybe volume is what we would call it. There's so there's a, a, a point that everyone has to, to do. And it's, it's relative to the person. So it's like, for me, it's going to be different from someone who's starting out for someone who's starting out the work that they have to do. is going to be very low for me. I have to do a lot of work to see like any sort of change for someone's first starting out. They could do very, very little comparatively to what I do. And then they'll see change. But regardless, it's like, what's probably going to happen. And I work pretty, I'm pretty good about not getting people that I work with, like feeling completely sore the next day. Um, so that's actually pretty good. Like I try not to train people so that they're like hurting and, in complete pain the next day. But if they get to that threshold, like that, that point, there's a point. It's like, if you, if you get there, you can get there and like avoid it and not be in so much pain and still be moving the next day. When you get there, you typically feel good. And you're like, that's when the endorphins are kicking in. And for anyone who doesn't know, that's basically your body's natural morphine. Um, it kills pain. So it's like, you feel good. That's, it makes you feel good during exercise and like, you'll start to want to do more. Maybe like you won't, you won't really know if you should be stopping or going, but you'll be like, most people like, Hey, I feel pretty good. Let's keep going. The next day they wake up. Uh, it's called Dom's delayed onset muscle soreness. You, there have, you have another one that's acute onset muscle soreness, but you won't, we won't talk about that one. You just, I mean, yeah, when you hit that point, it's like, it's bad, um, I have a story about that, but we'll talk about that later. Um, I, I typically do get acute onset muscle soreness, but um, so DOMS is like two days later, like you feel, you'll probably feel the worst. So the first day after you'll feel pretty sore. Uh, maybe that evening you'll start feeling sore. Your muscles will start tightening up a bit. They'll start getting a little stiff. It gets hard to move. The next day it's pretty bad. It's like that. It's just exaggerated a little bit more day. Number two, it's probably going to be the worst. And you're just like you just feel stiff you go get a hot bath you go walk or whatever you feel you'll you'll start to loosen up and feel fine um, it's not it's nothing that's just it's that's bad it's just for people who are first starting out who kind of have like a hesitancy towards exercise this is kind of a big deal for them cuz they're like oh i did this thing and i thought it would feel good but now i feel bad and you know it's just i mean it's just part of it but i enjoy that cuz i just i mean in my you know young trainer hood or whatever you want to call it like I've always associated that with like getting stronger that's not true that's not how it works but like in my mind that's how it works like so it doesn't yeah it's it's, it's one of those things where it's like this is not actually how it works after you've learned the chemical processes to how your body like makes those adaptations and they occur it's literally just like too much lactate building up in the blood or something like that and um you just you've just reached a lactic threshold where you can't clear it anymore, and that's why you have that soreness. It doesn't actually mean you've gotten any stronger or made any neuromuscular adaptations, but um, yeah.
0: So <laughs> well, so that's that's okay. I will reel you back in. Um, so we are talking about consequences of exercise, both short. Well, that was no, a no, short.
1: I got to go with pros now. That's
0: well, so that was a short term, a very short term. negative. Well, I'm going to use the word bad. It was a short-term bad consequence of exercise or a con. Um, So that would be considered for a lot of people. If the soreness decreases their behavior of exercising in the future, that would be an example of positive punishment. So you're adding the stimulus of pain, soreness, and you have a future decrease in behavior decreasing exercise, that is the punishment component. So for a lot of people, muscle soreness might act as positive punishment to their exercise, which is very unfortunate. And you are just an absolute weirdo and that acts as reinforcement for you, but that that's a good thing. If you think about it,
1: I have it back. Okay. Thank you. Um, I was going to say like, it gets better. Like that's like the first day is the worst. And then after that you keep, you keep exercising, you stay consistent. And then that that feedback, like it gets harder to replicate. Like you don't feel that way as, as much. You'd have to like, yeah. Anyway, um. So if you if you stay with it and be consistent, it get, does get better. Uh, going back to the pros that you wanted, like what are the, the long term benefits? Is like you just feel better as a as like a, just a human being. You move better. Uh, you feel stronger. So you feel you'll feel more confident and just your day to day abilities. If things go right, if your nutrition's well too, like you will have more energy. Um, just how, you'll feel like you have more energy to do things. Things don't wear you out as much. It becomes easier to do the same task, and you're with less energy expenditure, or maybe more energy expenditure if you think about it. But anyway, um, what's what's another one I had? I'm trying to think about it. No, I lost it. Go ahead.
0: Um, I, I'm just trying to think of short-term positives to working out.
1: I got one. The the mental side. So like men, mentally it's been shown to like decrease things like depression. It's been shown to be a pretty effective um, antidepressant, I guess, or have effects of antidepressant. It's been very good for treating like things like anxiety or uh, things like focus. If you're having a difficult time focusing, that's actually a way I've used that mechanism to help me get through like tests in college. So what I would do is every time I had a test, I'd go in and do like a whole bunch of sit-ups. So I won't keep a number, but I would like to go do a whole bunch of sit-ups and stuff. And so I'd be like in there for like a half hour before this test and then, you know, exit, have a pretty good, like, I would have worked myself like decently, like it'd be like a moderate workout for me. And then I'd go do this test and like, I got all the endorphins going. Like I got my focus on, I got a lot of those benefits that you do get from exercise going into taking this test. And I do very well. It, It literally, for me, it was like, you were able to focus so much, that it felt like I had an open notebook, like my, I was able to almost recall everything that was in my notebook on that test. And it was like right there in front of me, but like in my head, because it's like, that's how well you are able to focus on it. So I think it served me very well because I really didn't have to study that hard.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's good. I I would say for me, like one of the biggest, like positive reinforcers that come from exercising are just like feeling really energized, like even in the short term, like I know long-term it can help build up feelings of like energy, but you know, in the short term you get those endorphins going and get those like runners high, which is not actually being high, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like being high and you can get that from even not running. (laughs) I don't know what it would be called at that point. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's legal in Illinois, uh, which is where we are at. Um, let's <laughs> so let's see. So we've kind of talked about some antecedents, um, actual behaviors, and now we're talking about consequences. Um, avoiding injuries is a good thing to do because injuries could be a short term, a short term or long term consequence of exercise that not many people would find enjoyable. Um, I think injury is something that turns a lot of people away from exercise, which is really unfortunate because exercise can really benefit injuries when done well. Um, yeah. What else? What else?
1: I mean, do you want me to talk about injury or what?
0: You
1: can. So just like, yeah, don't get injured and getting injured Getting injured bad. Don't do it. Um, I mean, there's from a learning standpoint, though, about like, if you were just to go up on the path of like self improvement and becoming a better person, like I think injury is actually a very important journey that you can use to learn quite a bit about yourself. I've been injured quite a bit. And you know what I do and I've overcome every one of them. But it gives you that opportunity to do just that. Just to like overcome them to learn from them. And it's like when you get these things, though, it's like they don't ever go away they're with you for like life. And you just got to like, like as, as much stuff as I do, like, I'm pretty sure i impress you quite a bit with like what I do. And you're like, oh, wow, like you've never had X, Y, or Z problems. It's like, no, I've had a whole lot of problems. I've just learned how to like, not fix, but overcome them and then keep going with them. But you're like, yeah, you don't want to like, keep getting injured. That's not fun. Not good idea. Don't do it. Um, know knowing your limits is probably the best thing I could put out there. Don't do ego lifting bad. Um, but yes, I mean, sometimes you could do everything right and something happens. So
0: I, I think hopefully what people can take away from this is try because exercise doesn't always feel very reinforcing in the short term, but has so many long-term benefits and hopefully things that will feel reinforcing in the long-term. Hopefully people will, stick with their exercise and do what they can do to um maintain and carry on uh because it'll be worth it in the long run and i had not i had another thought oh Oh, go ahead
1: so to sum sum that all up the juice is in fact worth the squeeze
0: yes it is yes it is oh oh that that's the thought i had not not the juice being worth the squeeze um but making exercise itself more, you know, reinforcing um, like I like to, when I'm running, listen to fun music. So, you know, I think it's important. You don't always seem to need like to have fun exercise in order to have fun exercising, if that makes sense. But I think a lot of people need to find what they love and like, keep doing that because if something is feeling fun, they're going to want to keep doing it. And that's what I found with jujitsu is that jujitsu is really fun for me. And that's one reason why I keep going back. And that's pretty, pretty cool. So, uh, yeah. Where can people find you online?
1: Uh, Facebook and Instagram, real plain and simple, Benjamin model
0: i i think no i i think your instagram here let me let me look i think your instagram handle is like i mean i'll put it sure it's not I, I, I will put it in the show notes so that people can go look at your lifting and reach out to you if they are so inclined oh you're 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 right it's just at benjamin model but well our last name is weird m-o-t-l there's it looks like there's missing vowels there's not um our cat is being a jerk. Um so yeah, I will link your stuff in uh in the show notes. And yeah, anything you wanna you wanna say before we before we sign off?
1: Yeah, going on the social media thing real quick. Like this is literally like my first time getting into this whole podcasting deal. And I'm homeschooled on top of that. So my socials are a bit awkward. Um in terms of like content and stuff, most of it's just me powerlifting. But I'm actually working on getting more um educational or instructive information out there so hopefully like when you go to look me up you'll actually see something that may may or may not apply to you
0: yeah we are trying to get trying to get you your own a little a little side side hustle going and uh maybe a marriage podcast one day who's to know i hopefully we'll have you on again that would be super cool
1: <laughs> one and done
0: no no no, no, you've been a, you've been a great podcast guest and I appreciate you being here. This is season one, episode seven of the all day ABA podcast. And, uh, yeah. Thanks, Ben. Bye everybody.